Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and today I have another solo podcast episode for you, talking about 13 timeless business lessons learned from Tim Ferriss. And as always, the show notes for this episode are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And this is actually an article I wrote recently, and there are a lot of links to different articles of Tim Ferriss's and different articles related to the, the actual episode. And so go justgogrind.com slash podcast, check out the link to the actual article to get all of those other links within that. Trust me, it is worth it. Some of these are just outrageously good and I have to suggest them. And so I highly suggest that you actually go check that out. As always as well, please do subscribe in whatever podcasting platform you're on, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. I would very much so appreciate that. Without further ado, let's just dig into the 13 timeless business lessons I've learned from Tim Ferriss. Now, for those of you who don't actually know who Tim Ferriss is, I'd say he's a marketing genius. He's authored five best-selling books. Yes, five. He's a podcaster of the Tim Ferriss Show, which is one of the most popular podcasts in all of Apple Podcasts or around the world. He's also an entrepreneur and an angel investor, though he did stop a couple years ago doing new angel investments. His blog as well, something I've been reading for many, many, many years, is also one of the most successful blogs on the planet. It's a million or two million plus monthly visitors. And the podcast I mentioned of his, The Tim Ferriss Show, has over 400 million downloads, which is just absurd. And he's helped thousands of people through the books, the podcast, and everything he's done. So I've learned a few things from him over the years of following him, and I wanted to share these insights with you related to business. I first heard about Tim back in 2011 with his first book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is probably one of the most successful business books of all time, has a cult following and really built Tim Ferriss's brand. And after reading that book, it really altered the thinking I had and just my whole mindset around business and kind of what I want to do with my life. And I actually met Tim Ferriss in person as well at an event in Santa Monica when I was living in Las Vegas at the time, saw a tweet from Tim and went to the event that same day and was definitely worthwhile and actually got Tim, actually talked to Tim for a bit and got a picture with Tim, talked about a subscription box service that was trying to launch at the time and he had some insights on that. But in general, Tim is probably one of the smartest marketers on the planet and there's a lot to learn from him. There's also this thing called the Tim Ferriss effect, where he has this ability to sell products that he recommends, just make them explode. And there's it's been written about a few times, the article itself, the Tim Ferriss effect, uh, that was written, I believe, it was, a, it was a few years ago, it was in a Forbes article, but just showing the massive amount of reach and things that happen when he recommends products. So with all of these different things now, you know a little bit more about Tim if you hadn't already. And I want to organize all of these different lessons and things into one place, one thing you can kind of come back to over and over again. And so here's the podcast. First thing I learned, test everything. If there's anything at all over the years and years of kind of following along with Tim Ferriss and all the stuff he's put out, he tests a lot of different things. I mean, he's constantly testing things. He's known as a human guinea pig for all of his different experiments, whether it be like physical, actual experiments or experiments in business. 
He's always testing different things. If you look at this first book, The 4-Hour Workweek, Escape 9 to 5, Live Anywhere, and Join the New Rich, he tested many different titles with Google AdWords, and the ones that got the highest click-through rate, that was how he chose the title. I think originally another title he was looking at was like drug dealing for fun and profit because his company was a supplement company. And so that was one of the other titles he originally came out with. But the ending title, the four hour work week, that came through testing and you literally pay for Google AdWords and figure out which ones with the highest click through rates. And that is the one he wanted to use. Furthermore, in the preparation and you know for the promotion of that book, Tim actually interviewed best-selling authors to find the top activities that would actually be the most beneficial for the launch of that book, which is another way he's just testing things. So instead of doing book tours, instead of doing book signings at the time, he really focused on the relationships with bloggers. And blogging at that time, which was in 2007, it was not the same as it is now. It's becoming more saturated, still opportunities, but he really focused on bloggers, getting in front of them, building relationships, and then having them help him essentially promote the book, which obviously it did very well. Furthermore, the Tim Ferriss Show, his podcast, like I mentioned, 400 million downloads, that itself was an experiment. After he had written The 4-Hour Chef, which was his third book, he mentioned that he was burnt out from writing and he wanted to try something else. And he said, I'll just try podcasting, six episodes, see how it goes. He had been interviewed on some other shows and this was just a testing ground for him to see just how we liked the medium itself, how it went. And it's also a good lesson there in terms of that testing that like in your own business, what can you test? What are things that you can try out, especially if they have limited downside, you might as well try them out and see what you can make of them. Finally, in an interview that Tim did with pro blogger a few years back, he mentioned, I don't claim to have all the answers, of course, not even most of them but I'm a pretty good reductionist. That just means that I question what everyone is doing and ask myself, if I ignore what's popular, what everyone says you have to do, what actually works? I cut out all the fat and just look just, just look at just the highest impact variables. It's something to be said for finding what works, and I'm gonna go through that a little more in depth with the next lesson I have from Tim, but when marketing your business, you can't assume you have all the right answers already. You have to test your assumptions. And you may find that maybe the customers aren't who you thought they were. Maybe a certain ad would work better than another ad or even like a particular feature of your product. It could actually be preferred by more people. You have to test things. Going further, the next lesson, use the 80-20 rule. Now, the 80-20 rule is another name for the Pareto principle. Basically says that 80% of your outputs come from 20% of the inputs. And the original example was based in Italy. The Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto observed that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by about 20% of the population. Now, this 80-20 rule, as Tim Ferriss shows, can be applied to all different areas of life and business. Tim mentioned in the 4-Hour Workweek using this rule to find the 20% of customers that cause 80% of the stress while running his supplement company. Furthermore, the 80-20 rule can be used to find the 20% of customers that are driving 80% of the revenue in your business. Basically, the 80-20 rule has wide, wide applications across all different areas of life and business. And it's just one of those timeless rules that can be applied again and again. You're always just trying to think of where is there disproportionate uh, upside from, from a small amount of effort, potentially. And that's something that 
you think about over and over again and apply it to different areas of your business, you're really focused on the right things, which can save you time and energy as you're growing your company. The next lesson I've learned was really to pursue less crowded channels. And to build buzz for the four hour work week, I mentioned Tim connected with bloggers, which he made a top priority. And how did he reach all of these bloggers in the first place? You know how he did it? A less crowded channel. He met them in person, focusing on conferences. South by Southwest is one of the ones he really focused on for that book. But thinking about what is the less crowded channel that you could pursue customers or pursue relationships. One of the most crowded is email. And yes, email outreach still works. And I've actually done this with other company of mine as well. And you can still make connections through email. But if you can think of where are there other alternatives for meeting people or for finding customers? Are there less crowded channels? This just has more upside if you can find these. And I actually use this same strategy, kind of finding these channels that aren't used as much when I was trying to land guests for the Just Go Grind podcast. I've connected with guest speakers at USC because in person, harder for people to say no. And it's easier to find a relationship. And even as well, going to the Startup Grind Global Conference in San Francisco, I connected with people there as well to get guests. And so this strategy has helped me get different guests such as Rand Fishkin, who's one of the, I'd say, top marketers in the world. Eric Cuban, who owns Hawk Media, fastest growing digital agencies and Candace Liu, who's a guest speaker at USC and she scaled the company to 200 plus employees. Many others as well have been, you know, essentially acquired through this, this route as well, getting guests, not just through cold outreach, but also through less crowded channels. Think about that in your business as well. Next lesson, create great products that then create long-term word of mouth. You can't beat having a great product combined with having great marketing. It's just it's just one of those combinations that is unstoppable. And many people want to do one or the other. They think their amazing product will just sell itself. I'll just put it out in the world. I don't have to do anything. The product is just that good. Or they'll just have excellent marketing and think that these skills can be used to kind of make up for a crappy product. But having both is the goal. You want to have both. And in an article in the Huffington Post, Tim wrote, Clever marketing and PR stunts can get customers, but only for so long. It's the product that will create long-term word of mouth and the groundswell needed for a global phenomenon. This is exactly what happened with the 4-Hour Workweek. It, be it became this global phenomenon, this like massive, massive thing because of how great the actual book was. Yes, Tim promoted the hell out of it, but the book itself was amazing, and that is why it was able to be so, so successful. The next lesson is to learn from experts, then optimize. You know, there's experts in every field, every single field. How can you learn from them to shorten your own path, your own growth path, your own path to success? In an article that Tim wrote as well, he mentioned that he began writing the 4-Hour Workweek. Uh, he actually sold the book before he wrote it, which I have a link to in the actual article itself. So again, just go grind.com slash podcast. But he said, before I began writing the 4-Hour Workweek, I cold contacted and interviewed close to a dozen best writing authors about their writing process, followed by close to a dozen best-selling authors about their marketing and PR campaigns. So regardless of what type of business you want to start or the level of experience you have in your field, there are people who have probably done what you're trying to do. 
And can you reach out to them? Can you start forming a relationship? And if you can, if you can learn from these experts and then optimize, you're just going to shorten the learning curve for yourself and then in your own field that you are in, in the business you are trying to create. Just remember, these people are often busy and prioritizing other tasks. So it's really important the method and the way that you actually reach out to them. Be respectful of time and don't ask for too much or be too pushy. No one likes that annoying person who is that way. So just remember that. The next lesson is not to-do list. What are these? Similar to the 80-20 rule, a not to-do list is a tool to help you focus on the right things in your business and your life. Tim wrote about this in a blog post more than a decade ago, and he's talked about this concept of not to-do list over and over and over again. And a few of the things that Tim mentioned that I think are kind of some of my favorites, do not email first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Do not agree to meetings or calls with no clear agenda or end time. Do not over-communicate with low-profit, high-maintenance customers. Do not work more to fix overwhelm. Prioritize. There are a million things we can do in our business, in our life. I mentioned this whole idea of ruthless prioritization uh, in a former episode of the podcast. And I think that's it's so important that you, you do utilize ruthless prioritization because of how many things that stress our time, I mean, things occupy our time. And using this idea from Tim of not to do this, combined with ruthless prioritization that I mentioned in episode 71, you can get a lot more done and get the right things done. The next lesson is over deliver. In every aspect of business, Tim Ferriss over delivers. I've seen this over again. He writes in-depth blog posts, I mean, thousands of words covering a variety of topics. He publishes extensive guest posts on his blog as well as other sites. And everything he puts out is just incredible. It's world-class. It's the best. And this is one of the best lessons I've learned from Tim in trying to make your things better and better. There's a few different articles I've linked to, again, in the actual article I wrote for this itself. But there's 11 examples. I just want to read the titles to give you an idea of kind of what he creates. First one is how to write a best-selling book this year, the definitive resource list and how-to guide. Next is how to travel to 20-plus countries while building a massive business in the process. Next is how to lose 20 pounds of fat in 30 days without doing any exercise. That's one of his most popular posts, actually. Next was how to cure anxiety, one workaholic story, six techniques that work. Then there's 12 lessons learned while marketing the 4-Hour Body. From First TV to Dr. Oz, how to get local media, then national media. How a first-time author got a seven-figure book deal, some practical thoughts on suicide, how to say no when it matters most, or why I'm taking a long startup vacation, how I built a number one ranked podcast with 60 million downloads, productivity tricks for neurotic, manic, depressive, and crazy like me. Tim's got a lot of different articles like that on his site. I think they all are so high quality that makes his site just so enticing for people and On his podcast, he's also interviewed so many world-class performers, which makes it one of the best podcasts in the world. If you look at some of his guests, Neil Gaiman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, LeBron James, Ray Dalio, Edward Norton, Tony Robbins, Maria Sharapova, Jamie Foxx, Maria Popova, Peter Thiel. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's why Tim's podcast is one of the best ones there is. Furthermore, with advertisements on his podcast, he also overdelivers for sponsors where he undersells the downloads, often giving them way more exposure than they would have had otherwise. 
And there's an article I have that gives a real world example of the actual impact that Tim has had for his sponsors. And again, you can check that out, justgogrind.com slash podcast or just go just go grind and search for the article on Tim Ferriss. Always in your business thinking about how you can over deliver. The next lesson is playing the long game. The Tim Ferriss effect, which I mentioned earlier, was built from Tim playing the long game investing in relationships for the long term and creating evergreen content that would stand the test of time. So this is not just content, you know, just for newsworthy for today and it's worth nothing tomorrow. He plays a long game. He creates content that will be valuable months and months and months from now. Same thing I kind of did with Just Go Fitness actually with a lot of those blog posts. I tried to make them so they would last they would last over time. So, you know, making the most of your time in the gym, hotel workouts, different things that people would need forever, essentially, so they could always get traffic back to it. And with Tim Ferriss, this has paid off tremendously over his career, you know, playing the long game. And it's a really a lesson in how you should approach building your business. You know, many of the guests that Tim Ferriss has on this podcast, for instance, I mean, he's known these people for years. And he, you know, considering he makes thousands of dollars per episode in podcast sponsorships, the relationships he's put the time into building, I mean, they've paid off monetarily, but not to mention that they've had tremendous other benefits for Tim in his business. And, you know, Tim's world-class network that he's built over the years is just something that you get to by playing the long game, and it helps you in your business in so many different ways. And the kind of strategy that Tim has used, you know, relying on his, his blog with evergreen content, this helps more people find Tim Ferriss's, you know, everything he's doing over the years. It just helps them find it. And through his ecosystem of content, they discover him and then they see one piece of amazing content, then another piece of amazing content. Then maybe they'll see his show. Maybe they'll buy his book. And there's so many ways you can build it. Furthermore, in terms of just diving a little bit deeper into the relationship building, Tim has mentioned that these relationships, you know, from were built really through many ways. So yes, I mentioned the conferences and Tim building relationships there, but also through guest posts on his site, which give then the writer a lot of exposure. I know Ramit Sethi did this, writing a guest post for Tim Ferriss' site, which drove a lot of traffic to his site, but also through podcast interviews and sharing resources. Tim has been known as like a go-to resource for knowing all these different tools or software or other things, and people trust his recommendations and buy for him, from him, which is why the Tim Ferriss effect even exists in the first place. The next lesson is to understand all your different customers. So in your business, you might think your only customers are the people who actually are buying your products and services, not quite. So Tim Ferriss mentions in an article about creating a bestseller, selling to the end user is just one piece of the puzzle in my case i needed to first sell myself to the publisher to get marketing support and national retail distribution i then learned that a mention from an a-list blogger might sell thrice as much as much on amazon as a national tv appearance but the latter is what drives book chains to purchase more books and give better placement so this process essentially evolves like reverse engineering what it actually takes to make a sale. And then from that diagnosis, you can discover who your customers are and develop the right strategy based on your findings. So it's not just your customer, it's how do you get to the customer in the first place. The next lesson is to create a movement. Tim Ferriss built a business basically by creating a movement. And he introduced the world to this whole idea of lifestyle design 
and the concept of ideal lifestyle costing, which I go more into in the actual article. You can click on the link there as well. The idea has since spread like wildfire and it's really a masterclass on branding. Tim Ferriss now owns this space and really by creating a new category, he was able to stand out as a blogger and author early on. Other people who have done a similar thing and different with different ideas, Simon Sinek you have with his idea of start with why, Brene Brown with her whole vulnerability talk, the TED talk that went viral, and Eric Reese with the Lean Startup, which the methodology has been spread to basically everyone who knows about startups knows about the lean startup and there you can just search that and there's so much information on there creating a movement for your business i mean this can seem overwhelming but another way to kind of think of this lesson to apply this lesson in your business is to create a niche or try to own a category find an area of the industry that you can dominate and when you become known for something you become this go-to resource people will recommend you People will think about you when they have a problem that you can solve. The next lesson is to master the soft sell. And if you want to minimize the risk of annoying your audience and potential customers, which you probably do, learning the art of the soft sell is important. Now, while this is by no means a, a new concept, Tim Ferriss has repeatedly demonstrated the ability to use this soft sell with great success. Now, in a guest post on Tim's blog that Charlie Hone wrote, which is about the marketing of the far body, he shares the posts that were published on Tim's blog between the announcement of the book and its launch date. And there was a three-month kind of lead-up into the launch of his of the four-hour body, which ended up launching in December, December 14th. And the first post was like September 29th. And if you look at the different posts that Tim has done, like for this blog, you'll see that it's probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six or seven posts that were literally about the four hour body. So mentioning the product itself and talking about it. And then in between there, there's another like 10 posts that are just interesting content not related to the book itself. So like 20 things I've learned from traveling around the world in three years, how to email virtual assistants, proven templates. Things like that that are not related to the 4-Hour Body. But then you had the actual book promo, have a good eye for ads, try the 4-Hour Body experiment. The new book unveiled, the 4-Hour Body. The 4-Hour Body promo, half-naked girls, erections, and stickers. Like That gets you like very interested in what the heck is this book that Tim Ferriss has created. But he intersperses that, he has interspersed within that other articles that are not related to the book itself. Now, these blog posts, like I said, they provide insights into kind of how Tim has mastered the soft sell with the bolded titles. And you look on the actual article being for the far body and the other ones just driving traffic. Now, there's a time for the, the hard sell, no doubt about it. But the soft sell can be a, such a valuable tool when you use this appropriately in your business. The next lesson is to leverage bonuses in a product launch. Again, nothing new in terms of the basic idea itself of having bonuses in a product launch, but the depth to which Tim Ferriss has gone to offer bonuses in product launches is a great lesson on how to really leverage this strategy. Now, for the 4-Hour Body, Tim offered more than $4 million worth of bonus prizes. Yes, $4 million worth of bonus prizes. And if you want to check out all of these, just go justgogrind.com slash podcast. Like I said, I'll link to that stuff there. It's kind of insane. It's literally, it's crazy. $4 million worth of bonus prizes. Now, 
Tim was able to negotiate these bonuses because of the relationships he had built over the years. Again, going back to this lesson of playing the long game and valuing those relationships. Because he had done that, he could then leverage that to have the most ridiculous amount of bonuses for his book and to help his book ultimately do extremely well. Like The Far Body was his second book and, like I said, a bestseller just like the other. It was because of the bonuses and also the crazy amount of promotion that Tim did. In your own business, think about how you can leverage bonuses on the launch of your product. Whether you're offering free software, physical products, or experiences, think of how you can entice people to purchase. Be creative and just offer value. The next lesson is to pay attention to the decreases. And from an interview with Darren Rouse, a pro blogger, Tim mentioned, I pay more attention to decreases in subscribers and increases. There are too many variables that could account for increases, and the easily identified reasons, like a link for a prominent blogger, are often outside your control, and thus hard to repeat. Unsubscribes, on the other hand, defection, is due to one of two things, in my opinion. Too many blog posts or poor content. Whenever I get a dip, I look at the characteristics of the post. How is the headline different? How long was it? Did it have too many photos? Was it too about me without how-to information? Paying attention to unsubscribes has allowed me to avoid problems, problem posts and build my base not just quickly but faster and faster. This lesson is quite important. Looking at just looking at what it is that people actually love in your business. You know, how can you create products and resources that people love so they use them over and over again? And getting this feedback on, you know, what do people not enjoy or why are people leaving you can help you then create the right things. So this idea as well of a thousand true fans from Kevin Kelly, it kind of comes to mind here. And it's the overarching takeaway being that you only need to have a thousand people to be diehard supporters of you to make a living. And you can create these thousand true fans by, you guessed it, creating things that people love. And that's the last lesson of the 13 lessons. Pay attention to decreases. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I've learned a ton from Tim Ferriss over the years. And there's also other authors and business people that I will probably share some lessons from coming up. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Go to justgogrind.com slash podcast to check out more. And like I mentioned, please do subscribe if you want more business lessons, you want more interviews from these variety of entrepreneurs I talk to every week on the show. And have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening. Bye.